Welcome to part two of Getting Out of Money's Way. In this episode, we're following up on the sticky topic of M-O-N-E-Y. I'm sharing four insights from clients I work with on how this money work has affected them and what they did about it. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is The Spark, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is the spark. The money topic has caused so much stir in our inner circle and coaching community that we needed to expand on it. Dig a little deeper because of all the topics I teach on, all the ones that we dive into, this one seemed to have struck a chord with many. Why is that? One of the most common things I heard was, because I didn't realize I had an issue with money until now. Because we're often okay with our known issues, the things we know trip us up, that we struggle with, the baggage we carry is okay as long as that baggage has got a name written on the side. We're okay with that. We know about that. But when we stumble upon an unknown issue, some piece of baggage that's off in the corner somewhere, that can rock us to our core. So I wanted to share the feedback of a few clients, some listeners, and expand on the idea of getting out of money's way. First, I'm going to share Chris's story. Chris grew up in Puerto Rico. His father's a deacon. He had a strong upbringing, and they were very involved in the church. And though Chris's father's a wonderful man, he constantly told his son, spiritual people are not wealthy people, that if he was going to be close to God, he could not be rich. So Chris believed that, and he lived out that destiny, but he didn't live that out guilt-free. He was riddled with guilt. Why? Because he wanted money. He wanted resources. He wanted options, but he believed he wasn't allowed to, that he was actually bad for wanting these things. And so he went about sabotaging himself. His financial efforts, when he started to make money, he blew it. He created havoc in his life. And he was in a a really dangerous cycle for a while. Once he identified his true relationship with money and he accepted what money really was, neither good nor bad, it's just a tool, he started changing his story. He became excited about money, excited for the opportunity it would bring him and his family. William Wallace levels of freedom. He was ready to receive it and wrap his loving arms around it. That's why it's important to get clear on our relationship with money and take the time to do the work, to reframe it. So what's Chris doing now with his money? Well, that's the best part. He bought a large plot of land and he's building a home for his family. And what's he building right next door? A home for his father as well. So Chris's determination, Chris's focus on being resourceful and financially successful it didn't harm his family, actually helped take care of his family. My second story is from a client in Sydney. We worked through some of the money exercises and and we went deep on that. And though he discusses money every day in every way, he had never dove into this side of money. So he went digging on his own too. And here's what he uncovered. He shared some information with me about um, successful entrepreneur, and uh, he's a best-selling author as well, John Asraf. And he has a piece that he does uh, called The Money Story. And he defines money 
as an exchange system for value. The amount you get paid is directly proportional to the amount of value you provide in society, or I'd say the marketplace. The value you provide is then correlated to your self-worth, your beliefs about yourself, and your skill set. So here's the cool thing. My client looks at this, this story that, that the author has about money, and he makes this elegant connection. He says, skill set plus self-worth equals value or the current value you provide. But here's where it gets really profound. By changing, again, think of this as like an equation. If you if you have to write it out, skill set plus self-worth equals value. He actually did an uh, amazing drawing on this. Um, you know what, on the concept, we'll go ahead and put it up on the resources page at um, thesparknow.com so you guys can take a look at it. It's really amazing what he did. So here again, here's where it gets really profound. By changing either your skill set or your self-worth or both, you change your value, the amount of money we're going to get paid in the marketplace. So it's so simple, but we never think about that we could actually change both of those things to get a higher dollar amount. Because oftentimes when we think about making more money, we think about, okay, what do I need to do? What, what skill set do I need to uh, bring on? What do I need to learn? So in this, in this equation, in this concept, it's not just about adding more tools to your tool belt, like getting your PM or your Six Sigma, I got to go get my MBA or new, learn a new language. That's often what we turn to. Um, if we, if we think about, okay, I want to, I want to bring more money and either more money into my business, or I want to increase the dollars per hour that I make. It's not always about adding more skills. It can be about just changing how you see yourself that by increasing your self-worth, a figure only you can place on yourself, you can command a higher price tag. And even by artificially, well, no, I should say artificially, but even by inflating your self-worth disproportional to your, your skill set, you can actually then get paid more money just by doing that. And if you think about it, We've all seen this in our own experiences, right? We can all remember some position, some job that we were, you know, toiled away at in the office late night, busting our fanny, trying to add, you know, tremendous value to the organization with little or no recognition or financial gain. Like we all have those stories, right? And then there's, I don't know, there's, there's boy wonder over there for, um, for, for me, it was Jason, the poker player, right? He worked half as hard as everybody else, but he seemed to know everybody and he played a, guess a great hand of cards, but more than anything, Jason had an extremely high self-worth. Did you guys ever know one of these guys? Did you guys have a Jason, the poker player in your office? And Jason thought he was, he was the shiznit, right? Um, and, and here's the thing, whether that's fact or fiction, it doesn't even matter because people don't always have to believe what you're saying is true. They just have to believe that you believe what you're saying is true. And, and Jason believed he was worth it. So others believed it too. People believed he had some kind of insider's track, some kind of, I don't know, golden touch. So ultimately Jason made more money than the rest of us. Another story kind of in the same vein was I knew a woman long time ago who had never made more than 40000 a year in her HR role. Every time she moved companies, she was only able to negotiate, you know, two to, 
maybe three, four thousand dollars more per year. So she had a very hard time working her salary up. And she kept thinking, what gets me to the next level? What gets me to the next level? And she tried taking classes and adding to her skill set, but she just wasn't getting there. So she made this really bold move. And I'm not saying I endorse it, but I am saying I never forgot the lesson. She applied to a new company, but she lied on her application and said she made $70,000 a year. And she interviewed for the HR role and she got it. But here's the kicker. She wasn't underqualified. She was up to snuff. She held that role for five years before moving on. The only part of the equation that changed for her was how she valued herself. Sure, she had to show up like a 70K employee, but you know, you can do that through a pep talk and a new wardrobe if you need to, but she did it. She was able to do the job and almost double her income. And there's a valuable lesson to be learned from poker player Jasons of the world and this that bold HR maverick. Change the value you place on your self-worth and you're going to change your salary. The last client story I had was Roxy from New Zealand. Roxy's a CFO. Roxy was a CFO of a large company and eventually went out and developed her own business. She did well financially, but as her salary increased, so did her problems. Um, she began sabotaging herself over and over again and her life fell to pieces. She eventually left her husband. She moved to another country. After years, she pulled herself out of this fog and she began punishing herself for it, punishing herself for what she had done, everything around that scenario. And she she sold her house. She downsized everything. And she unknowingly started avoiding making real money. And this woman, this woman knows numbers. I mean, she knows books. She, she, she can manage finances like an expert, but the business always only felt a few steps away from not succeeding. So we did the money exercise. We dug into her story. What did we find? A long list of sabotaging. When she looked back on that tough time in her life, she'd, she'd come to associate money with hard times, with, with pain and poor decisions. She started repelling it. She feared that if, if I make great money again, am I going to go down the same path I did in the past? Again, because the she'd made the most money during this really terrible time of her life or or directly preceding this terrible time in her life. So she correlated these two, unfairly locked these two together. And so she didn't want one. Well, then she couldn't have the other one either. But these thoughts, they're not usually conscious thoughts, guys. They, they're stuck deep inside that noodle that sits on your shoulders. And we're not even aware that they're there. So we go through the money exercise. Her doing that was the beginning of the new chapter for her. It changed her story that she wasn't going to abandon her life uh, if she made good money again, that she was going to do wonderful things with her money. She's locking arms with money and says, come on, pal, I know the way to go. And it's going to be awesome for me and for my family and for my community. And now she's setting up all these programs that are assisting women that are struggling and um, improving work place conditions. She's making her her company very sustainable and environmentally friendly. I mean, now she's so fired up with all the things she's going to do with her money. She now knows there's no reason to fear it. And most importantly, that she's worth it. So in closing, let's get really clear on your story around money. And if it's not a positive one, it's time to reframe your story. And if you need to know how to reframe that, listen to the first money podcast. And thinking about that concept that my client drew out, if you want to just get paid more, either change your skill set or change your beliefs around your self-worth or for best results, do both. Is it work? Yeah, it's work, but you're worth it. 
Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So tell your friends about the spark and help them get to the next level. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at aprilgarcia underscore the spark or check me out at thesparknow.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.